On today's Contract 2020 TA Education, Senior Legal and Labor Analyst Lexi Taylor will be talking with Jay Ballar, Chip Ellsworth, and John Miller, members of the SWAPA Check Airman Committee, about the new Check Pilot Guide. Hi, Jay. Just kind of wanted you to talk about the overview of the new Check Pilot Guide. First of all, let's just start with the Check Pilot Guide, formerly known as the CAG. So from here on out, anything that we talk about with our new Check Pilot Guide will be known as the CPG. We have to refer back to the the old CAG, that would be the CAG. So from going forward, it's just going to be the CPG or the Check Pilot Guide. Now let's kind of start at the top and go down. What all do we get in the first few sections and what do you think is the most important? Well, for us, scope is absolutely at the top of the list. Scope, it's uh, foundational to our CBA today and in the CPG. We know we have scope locked in for our current check pilot duties now, and that includes NRFO and uh, and also ETOPS uh, RUQALS. So, Lexi, the other thing that we were able to accomplish in this uh, check pilot guide is a section called expectations. We wanted a, you know, a defined process for if a check pilot finds themselves needing some type of remediation, that uh, whether it's something in an event or uh, conduct that that they know that there's a process, it's spelled out what they can expect with their meeting with management. During COVID, we saw kind of creativity that leadership took with qual stipends and that kind of thing. Whenever we were kind of overmanned during COVID, we realized that we needed kind of a process outlined. John, do you want to speak to that one? Yeah, Lexi, we definitely realized during COVID that we had a problem with the reduction in force. So we were able to get language that has formalized that process of reducing the number of check airmen if that should ever happen again. And so what we've come to is a process now where we'll have an actual check airman seniority list, and it will be last in, first out in case of a reduction in force going forward. So we did able to formalize that language. And then if they were recalling you back, how does that work? Good question. If they're going to bring us back, they can offer spots and they'll they'll go back in the same order the other direction, except the only uh, caveat is you'll need to be willing to accept a special qual in order to come back. So, for instance, if they need ETOPS check airmen and you are not an ETOPS check airman before, you will need to be ready to accept that additional qual in order to come back or you would be bypassed. Your check pilot preferences right now are on your EFB. Do we get that memorialized or how does that work in the new CPG? Yeah. So, Lexi, the monthly preferences have been uh, incorporated into our our CPG. So now our preferences from uh, your EFB are now a minimum requirement in the CPG. Each check pilot will need to have those entered by the 11th at noon, regardless of the type of line you're awarded. So the other thing to expand on that, too, is we also broke it down into early SIMs. So like anything before 9 a.m., a mid SIM which would like be your B periods. So from nine to fifteen fifty nine, and then your later SIMs, your season Ds. So you have, you know, preferences there. Expanded that. We expanded, you know, if you want to come in and do an additional SIM, do you want to do it before your events that you have scheduled or if you want to do it after? And then what we also did was a monthly standing bid or preference, if you will, is that once you put that in there, you don't have to go in and change it. So the one thing you would have to do is do your training golden days off. You can change it every month, but if you forget, you know, 11th rolls around, you forgot, at least you have your preferences saved. And speaking of TGDOs, I know that was kind of a high button topic for check pilots. Do you kind of want to outline what happened in the negotiating room? Sure. The mandate was you know, quality of life. That was, you know, obviously compensation quality of life. So we're still at seven TGDOs like what we've had in the past, but we went back and forth on, you know, basically from a slide, no slide, 
So we went through a lot of different scenarios, but also touched other parts of the gag, you know, compensation, those types of things. So at the end of the day, uh, we felt like the seven TGDOs still offered us the most flexibility for quality of life. There was quite a bit of back and forth on that because the company came to us with uh, with this technology advancement that they that they wanted to take advantage of where we could basically bid based on seniority. Unfortunately, that didn't occur. They weren't able to to produce that vehicle for us. And so we were willing to to go to a different amount of TGDOs for that new vehicle that they had talked about. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't pan out. So we're now we're back to the seven, which we think is still a, a good fit for us. It, it definitely provides us with more flexibility than what they were leaning to, which was going to be two groups of, I believe it was two groups of four. So you say it's eight training golden days off. However, you can only have two bids. Yeah, Lexi, another thing that we were able to work on was prawn status. And so being a non-Dallas Czech Airman, one of the problems we have is prawn status and having lead operations utilize that as a um, almost a discriminator for who gets to come to Dallas uh, based on cost. And we're able to get language in this guide that says that they will not be able to use or deny uh, you for a Czech event, a Dallas event, SIM event based on your prawn status. And then one more thing for the Dallas check pilots that we've got quite a bit of calls on. There's some inconsistency is that Dallas-based check pilots will get a hotel upon request. Now, I know there's changes all the time with sims canceling, people moving around, the combine and cover that lead off scheduling does. Do we get any sort of guarantee for your ground school events? You know, pay protection for a, a sim event. So 24 hours after that sim event is is placed on your board, you do have the pay protection. If it cancels, then you're pay protected for that. And then if they need to reassign you, you have the option. If you take another event, either earlier or later, it's guaranteed at 150%. I know in some of our polling that we've had check pilots that want to have the ability to trade their sim events, their ground school events, or pick up additional ones based on a system seniority. How did we deal with that with the new CPG? I think this is another tremendous opportunity for the, the Czech pilots to take advantage of some of the advancements that we're starting to see. You know, we're looking at the company providing us with an opportunity to bid based on seniority for a monthly open time for sim events. That'll be based on pilot seniority. We did secure uh, a cap, so a cap will be considered. And then we're also looking at a daily open time when the need arises. So there should be an opportunity for our check pilots to bid on uh, sim events based on a daily open time format, also considering seniority and the cap. All right, let's talk pay. Chip, you want to kind of outline the changes that we have in the CAG? Yeah, so what we were able to establish, and we went a lot of negotiation on this back and forth of how check pilot compensation would be done. What we end up is very similar to what we have now. We just increased the base stipend from seven to eight. So one TFP there. And then for our standard check pilots, their base stipend goes to 11. And then John, what about the additional quals, your ETOPS qual, your APD quals? And then I think we now have an NRFO qual. Is that correct? Yeah, it's Lexi, we did. We got NRFO qual. Now we'll pay uh, additional two trips for pay. The loft check pilots will receive one trip for pay. The ETOPS check airmen will receive two trips for pay for that. And we actually have kind of a remaining bucket, so to speak, for a additional qual should one become uh, necessary down the road. We have an additional qual that will pay one if, in case the company does come up with another qual that we have not anticipated. And also for our APDs, that's additional two trips as well. 
Another important thing is that the quals add up now so that uh, someone that receives two different quals will receive the total. So we have math that agrees at this point. As a former training scheduler, I'm really excited about the line check solver and line check scheduling and pay policies now. It seems like a very enticing opportunity for check pilots. Want to talk about it? Yeah, Lexi, we have some really nice gains in line checks for our check airmen. So going forward, the line checks will be able to be secured in line check solver. And the uh, the changes are that each line check going forward will pay five trips for pay, plus the applicable deadheads to get you there. So you know, we're very happy with it. And the important thing is that they're stackable. So if a check airman can find a line check solution that has three line checks and a deadhead, it's possible they could come in and earn 15, 16 trips in a day. So we're very happy with that. And we think that that's going to take a big load off of lead ops in terms of their emails, though it should take a lot of the workload off of the lead ops schedulers and provide some great opportunities for our check pilots. Yeah, even on our Dallas to Austin and back, if you just do one to Dallas, that's going to pay five. The deadhead back, I believe, is 1.1. That's 6.1. And that's the extreme. That is worst case scenario. More than likely, you're going to go Dallas, uh, line check to Dallas to San Antonio. That's five over to uh, Houston, that's five. And then one dead head back, 1.1. So you're looking at 11.1. So we thought that was a good compromise. And and I believe that taking the stand that every line check is critical is going to not only help the, the check pilots, but it's also going to help the company and our schedulers. I think it's it's going to really relieve a lot of their workload. Something else to add about, you know, each line check pays 5.0 deadheads. But the other thing we we're also able to secure that we don't have now is the uh, the DHR. So if you go out, you do that single line check with a deadhead back and the day turns in, whether cancellations, whatever. So there is a DHR protection uh, for your day also. Yeah. And another thing we were able to secure is that our line checks now, if they come through line check solver, are going to be guaranteed. The pay will be guaranteed for them at 24 hours prior to push, which is uh, going to be a great benefit to our check airmen. And so the way that's going to work, if you check the schedule at the 24 hour prior to push mark and the captain that you're line checking is called in sick or is not going to be on the trip any longer, uh, your pay will be guaranteed, which is fantastic. Um, you'll still be required to call lead op scheduling and see if they have a replacement line check for you, but it'll be at your option to complete the line check. If they do uh, have a, a solution and you're interested in doing it, uh, that solution will pay 150%, but not less than the original line check that you had scheduled. Or you have the option of just keeping your pay and not doing the line check. And so those are for line check solver line checks. What about the ones that when lead ops calls and says, hey, I need to put this line check on your trip that you're on. He's a critical. He's last time to get him. So this was a direct result of our critical line check grievance, and we were able to get this language uh, due to the efforts of uh, SWAPA and contract admin. And so what it looks like now is, uh, as we discussed earlier, a line check will pay f- five trips for pay. However, if we find ourselves out on the line flying and uh, lead op scheduling needs to assign a critical, that would be uh, on top of your daily flying. So it'll be an additional 6.5 TFB. That's for recall line checks as well. A little bit more on pay for OEs or now a contract 2020 will be called line experience. Yeah. In order to line up with the AQPM, so we have now what's called line experience LX events and check pilots, you're still going to bid accordingly to your seniority on the month, but the line experience is mostly unchanged. However, there is an increase in the override and it's going to be uh, 1.5. So that was one of our mandates to go from the 1.25 to increase that. So now it's uh, 1.25 
for each leg flown. So that's 1.5 of the straight time of that leg. And that would be what we know now as IOEs and UOEs. So any line event. And I think the last thing we have a little bit of a change on would be the comp bank program. There's been some changes in application of the comp bank language on what can be put into your comp bank, the sliver versus everything back when I was a scheduler. Would you like to talk about it, John? Sure. The comp bank program, we have uh, clarified that a good bit. And so going forward, uh, our check airmen will be able to place anything that they earn as a check airman into their comp bank with the exception of their stipend. So stipend or qual, uh, any special qual uh, stipends that they receive are not comparable. But let's say a check airman comes to Dallas and administers a single SIM event and they want to comp that entire eight trips for pay, they will be able to put that into their uh, comp bank which is what the CAGs really always said. It's just that we've been able to finally been able to clarify that. Another thing we've done is we've clarified some of the company restrictions on the dates that we are able to uh, use comp time. And so going forward, New Year's Day, Easter, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day, the week of Thanksgiving. And then we have really clarified the Christmas and December dates as going forward. It'll be December 18th through the 31st, which is a, a big clarity improvement beyond the two weeks, which we have now it can be confusing. Right. And those are all really nice gains. I just want to clarify one thing. You know, John talked about that uh, there is no restriction how much you can put into your bank with the exception of a maximum of uh, 60 TFP. Uh, that's the only limiting factor. Well, do y'all have any final thoughts on the CPG overall? You know, for us uh, within the Czech Airman Committee, our goal was to not necessarily look at one issue within our job description and try to make a huge advancement. We wanted to to take a a look at the entirety of our job duties and try to make advancements along the, the entire spectrum. And I think that if you take a good look at our new CPG I think you're going to see some nice advancements uh, throughout the entire document. And so for that, I think that the Czech Airmen Committee is confident and proud of that product. I'll expand on that. It's kind of how did we get here, right? So we're fortunate that we, you know, have a SWAPA, you know, Czech Airmen Committee. Uh, how did that come about? After the last contract, our SWAPA negotiating committee was able to, you know, codify the Chapter 2, Section 2, paying compensation, and it tied it to the CBA, right? And then after that, we were able to form a check airman committee. And because of that committee, you know, we've worked very close with our swap and negotiating committee and, and have formulated this and, and we're able to negotiate this alongside of the uh, contract 2020. So we have to give a you know, big thanks to you know, our original check pilot committee, Tim, Pat, and George, and then uh, Dave, Yock. So it's because of the work they did. We just took the, kind of took the ball and ran with it. Our philosophy you know, during this was how would a line pilot be compensated, right? How can we tie this, you know, whether it's the reduction in force language, the uh, expectations language, you know, how is a an event cancellation or reassignment, you know, all those types of things. And that was our kind of our driving force behind, you know, writing a lot of this, uh, negotiating a lot of this is that it so that it marries up for our very unique group, you know, how we would be paid, compensation, quality of life, those types of issues. The previous check pilot guide had a lot of ambiguous language. And in fact, there was a lot of language that wasn't ambiguous. It was very clear. And it has been interpreted based on past practice for years that that's how some things would be executed. And so that was one of our goals was to try to have a hard reset on some of that language and really codify how things are going to go forward based on the very clear language that we have now. 
Thanks for listening. For more information, check out the Contract 2020 TA Education page on swapa.org.